Welcome to KYH2O, a podcast about all things water in Kentucky. I'm Carmen Agaritas, an Extension Associate Professor in the Biosystems and Agricultural Engineering Department at the University of Kentucky. And I'm Amanda Gumbert, an Extension Specialist for Water Quality with the University of Kentucky Cooperative Extension Service. Join us as we get our feet wet exploring Kentucky's water resources. Welcome back to another episode of KYH2O. We caught up with Dale Booth, who is a, an employee at the Kentucky Division of Water, and she works in their non-point source and basin team management section. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit with Dale about education, but before we do that, um, a lot of times I try to share with audiences that our Kentucky Division of Water is a regulatory agency, and some folks may know about what they do and some don't, um, but on the federal level, we have the Clean Water Act, and at the state level, the Kentucky Division of Water is in charge of upholding the Clean Water Act, and so part of what they do is they have voluntary, they have regulatory, as well as educational programs to do that. So at the state level, they are in charge of making sure that Kentucky is meeting the requirements of the Federal Clean Water Act. Um, so let's hear a little bit more about um, the educational programs that Kentucky Division of Water focuses on, and we'll hear what Dale has to say about that. Well, at the Division of Water, one of our mandates is to make sure that we've got um, uh, an educated populace who understand water quality issues. And so um, our team is responsible for going out and trying to do educational programming for um, pretty much all levels from K through adult education. And um, one of the tools that we use for that, especially for our uh, pre-K, um, K through 12 education is a program called Project WET, which is actually a global organization that uses project partners all around um, in the various states. It can be NGOs or it can be state offices, like here it's the Division of Water. Um, and they developed, they started back in the 80s and they developed a curriculum um, that is focused on getting students to understand their connection to water, to uh, have the information to manage water sustainably, um, and to connect it um, in all, all the context that it affects uh, everyday life. And um, the curriculum itself is really, uh, is, is really outstanding, actually. Um, we tend to focus on the water science, but um, they've developed a resource that connects all aspects of water and sustainability issues in um, contexts such as um, physical education, uh, language arts, art, um, math, uh, all sorts of different ways of looking at it with subjects that are relevant to a lot of different teachers' um, uh, goals and objectives in the classroom. So Dale, um spends time talking about Project WET, and that is my absolute favorite environmental uh, education curriculum, probably because I do a lot with water, and I think I've used almost every single lesson out of that uh, curriculum book. And that Project WET stands for, WET stands for Water Education for Teachers, um, and it was I guess that was the second environmental education curriculum that I was exposed to. Um, I think I learned about Project Learning Tree first, um, and they and some other projects, we um, environmental educators just call them the project workbooks or curricula, um, are just um, activities that are designed for a wide range of audiences to cover a variety of 
a very specific topics within a subject area. And Carmen, I know you have used tons of Project WET activities even in your university classes. I do, and the nice thing about them is you can modify them and you can adapt them. So I've used Project uh, WET activities um, when I've been at elementary schools for their STEM days and we wanted to do something that was water related all the way through uh, graduate students at the university. So that's one of the beauties about this curriculum. Um, I love it because it's very hands-on, it's very interactive, and it really encourages learners to dig deep into those concepts uh, that were related to water, whether it be related to the physics of water or to social aspects of water. I think one of the, my favorite things to do um, using some of the project um, wet activities is even um, you know with adult audiences the you know common topics things that you and I are very familiar with like the water cycle but using those activities to get people actually up moving around um, and show them that the water cycle is not just this circular pictograph that we maybe learned about in the fourth or fifth grade, uh, but that you move around and you do that actually with your body. Um, so Carmen, you and I have described some of our favorite activities and I asked Dale what her favorite activities were um, and I think you'll like her answer as well. Macroinvertebrate mayhem is an activity where we're teaching the kids uh, about how certain um, Certain macroinvertebrates in the stream, certain critters in the stream, um, are really good at tolerating pollution, and some of them are uh, really impacted by pollution, so they don't do well. So you're kind of trying to get them to understand that the, the stress makes it harder for certain animals to survive in the water, and others of them are just really tough and they can handle it. So what this actually is, is kind of um, a game of tag. You start out with um, students who are designated as being some of those water pennies, the sensitive ones who don't get around very well and don't do well when the, there's pollution in the water. And then you have other ones that might be, say, leeches, which are not everybody's favorite macroinvertebrate, but they, they actually are, you know, they're just, they're just doing their thing, but they're good at dealing with pollution. Um, so then we have a couple of kids who get to play the role of pollution, and they're the ones going to be trying to tag the critters as they run across the field and it would be a nice even contest if we would let them all just run at the same rate but the water pennies because they're having to struggle with pollution they're going to probably go and have to crawl on their hands and knees while the leeches get to just sprint across <laughs> and then the pollution kids are running around trying to tag them so it, it you know it's a good it's a good way to get the energy out and it's also really instructive in terms of like trying to get that concept across of how they're struggling. So Carmen I know that you love the macro invertebrate mayhem activity as well as I do. Um, I just borrowed your your setup for that not too long ago and 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 used that with a teacher training that I was helping to conduct. Um, are there other favorite activities that you like to use in it? Uh, I love the ones where you have to move around. So I have done, like I said, I've done literally almost every single activity in there. Uh, some of my favorites, um, I love the incredible journey. Uh, largely because you talk about the water cycle and it not being a circle. It's a great way to get people out of that mindset and to understand where water could be in, in, in the world and, and how what pathways it can travel. Um, I love a grave mistake. That's another one that's more of a mystery. So if you want to delve into uh, how we've done things 
historically that might have unintended consequences, such as uh, arsenic for preserving bodies that was then in the Civil War and how that might lead to potential water contamination, that's a great one. Uh, students usually get real excited because they want to be the first person that solves the mystery of that. Um, and also there's ways to bring art into it. So make a mural is one that I've adapted to a stream restoration standpoint. I know Amanda used that quite a bit as well, um, but it lets people get their creative side out by also un but understanding and learning more geomorphic or fluvial concepts, more of those scientific concepts, but doing it in a way that you're communicating through pictures and you're drawing them out. So that's one of the things I love about it. And, and also, it helps you remember these concepts in, in different ways, because we all learn in different um, mechanisms. And um, let's hear Dale talk about how Project WET is good at just that, of addressing different learning styles. And actually, Project WET curriculum is really good in that they've got um, just a variety of different activities, and you can sort through them by the type of learning skills that you're trying to reach. So some of them are they're categorized by, this is a more physical uh, activity um, that really engages those motion um, keyed kids and then there are other ones that are for more listening skills and more writing skills or those those types of things so you can um, it, it lays it out very clearly in there if you're looking for something specific in terms of a learning style so the thing that I like about uh, project wet is um, is it's really a hands-on minds-on philosophy um, and so Dale expands that a little bit too. So let's hear her talk about that as well as the other um, curricula that are available. How to think, not what to think is, is kind of one of our by, bylaws, I guess, at the Division of Water. Because uh, you don't want, we need to be able to see all sides of an issue. Because it's not just that, you know, we want to have clean water just for the bugs that are living in the stream. That's a big part of it. But, you know, everybody, we use water for lots of things. We use it for industry. We use it for farming. We use it for, um, for our swimming, drinking, all of these uses that we have for it. And we need to make sure that we're thinking about all of those different types of uses and all the people who all have pretty much equal needs and equal demands on the water and that everybody's being their, their needs are being addressed in a fair and equitable way. So um, it's real easy to, to get bias in there when you're discussing these types of topics that you may not know you have unconscious bias. Um, so the idea, I think, behind Project WET and behind the education that we do at Division of Water is to try and make sure that you have the information and the tools to evaluate what you're seeing to make the best decision and coordinate all of those different um, considerations uh, when you're trying to talk about a shared resource. So actually, there's a whole family of them. Um, Project Learning Tree has to deal with uh, more, you know, forest, ish, forest, forestry, ish, forest and forestry issues. Um, Project um, Wild is more wildlife focused. There's Project Aquatic Wild, uh, which goes into, of course, aquatic wildlife issues. Um, we have, let's see, there's an early childhood development unit for uh, Project Wet called Getting Little Feet Wet. Um, and there is also Project Underground for um, information on groundwater karst and underwater or under underground um, ecosystems. And I think I'm leaving one out. Project Flying Wild, so mostly focused on um, birds and flying birds and bats and flying organisms. So, awesome. mm -hmm. That's really fun. yeah, it's gone. They, they've gone 
quite, uh, they've, they've ballooned over the last 20 years or so yeah. and gotten into a lot of different subject areas. And there's actually also um, a Kentucky-specific um, project wet uh, supplement that is out there for Kentucky teachers. So now that we have our listeners really excited about this curriculum, um, some of you may be interested in learning about how you can um, acquire the curriculum and use it in, you know, in a situation that you might find yourself in. And so um, Dale will describe to us how Project WET is um, the administration side of Project WET here in Kentucky. There is a, uh, a local coordinator, which um, here is the state of Kentucky, um, partnered with uh, the Kentucky Association for Environmental Education. And um, you can contact uh, KAEE to schedule a training. Um, they employ kind of a train the trainer model, so KAEE can arrange a workshop to train facilitators who then train educators who can then take the curriculum into the classroom. So what I find interesting and, and really beneficial about Project WET and the other curricula is that you don't have to be a formal classroom teacher to acquire these materials. And, um, and oftentimes it's a lot of non-formal educators that use this, um, these materials as well. And Carmen, is that, that's probably been your experience. That has been my experience. Usually when I've been in classes or I've trained people, it's usually a, about a half and half. And so when we're thinking about formal educators, we're thinking about somebody who's graduated, say, from a college of education, who's got a teaching certificate, who might be your standard K through 12 type of teacher. Um, and then non-formal educators would just be people who have not gone through that format. So we think about our extension agents, we think about you and I uh, at the university, we think about folks that might be at parks. Um, those would be folks that are touching on education and they're working with it, but they're not going through that K through 12 route. And you see both, right? Because we're, we're always constantly educating um, people about what our water system is and this curriculum offers you that flexibility to handle that more uh, K through 12 structured route versus the ones where you and I, for instance, have a lot more freedom in what we can deliver. Right, and I found it really beneficial because I have been trained in content material, right? So just the science, the facts, the the research, that's the training that, that I have gone through and not the pedagogy, the how you are an effective educator. And um, and probably that's a complaint of a lot of our students at the university too. And, and our listeners have probably experienced folks who really know their content, but their delivery method is maybe a little um, less than entertaining. And I, what I feel like is the Project WET activities help us um, as those who are non-formal educators deliver that material in a really interactive way, in a fun way, in a memorable way, so that you you know remember what kind of um, critters are, are tolerant to pollution versus those who are sensitive and because you have physically experienced it. Now on the other side of things is that you know some of us and some of our listeners might want to interact with students who are in the formal classroom and um, maybe have jobs or interests that we would like to share more information about water or trees or wildlife um, with 
teachers, but we're not exactly sure, you know, how we approach them. And so let's listen to Dale talk about how Project WET has made efforts to make it really easy for formal classroom teachers to pair up with non-formal educators so that the content information is, is incorporated into the classroom in a way that really works for the teacher. Project WET has tried really hard to go through each of their activities and correlate the activity with the next generation science standards so that the teacher can be like, okay, I need to hit this area. What project, what activity actually teaches that skill or that focus area? And so now it's real easy to build a lesson plan that pulls out those elements and explains how these things connect. And um, I, I feel like Project WET especially and the Kentucky Association for Environmental Education has been working really hard to make that um, connection. I think one of the important reasons we're doing this podcast is because you can't regulate everything, right? You can't make a law and enforce it and expect everything to work out with the environment. A big part of it is we all contribute and so we have to understand um, our role in it. And that's, I think, what Project What does, is it helps provide that foundation of education. So let's listen to Dale talk about um, just how important education is to protecting our water resources. My section of the Division of Water is the only one that's actually focused on um, education, largely because we deal with um, water issues that can't be regulated. And um, if you can't regulate uh, what's going on to cause the pollution. That means that the people themselves are going to have to take some responsibility and understand how their actions are impacting the water that they, that they use. So I would say for Division of Water, it's very important that we make an effort to make sure that the public in Kentucky have all of the, the tools and information that they need to sustainably and um, sustainably manage their water resources. So I, I would say it's, it actually is a fairly strong priority for the Division of Water. So for our listeners, if you're interested in learning more about Project WET and becoming certified in the curriculum, we encourage you to contact the Kentucky Association for Environmental Education and learn about their certification programs. And as a final thought, let's let Dale tell us her thoughts about environmental education. These days, I feel like it's so important that we get students to connect um, to their environment because you aren't going to protect something that you don't know you, you haven't experienced and so much of um, our daily life now is sort of in front of screens we're not necessarily out in direct contact with nature as much um, as we could be and um, again I think that's a barrier to students knowing about nature and thinking it's important to to protect You've been listening to Carmen Agaritas and Amanda Gumbert. Learn more about water at uky.edu forward slash BAE forward slash KYH2O. Subscribe to hear all episodes of KYH2O.